This Meeting on the Go podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike, and as I said earlier, I am a compulsive overeater and food addict. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, first of all, thank you very, very much for allowing me the opportunity to come here and speak this evening. It's uh, um, Service is, a, is an honor and a privilege, and it helps me keep... Keep me on the straight and narrow, and keeping keep on the path that I'm uh, that I'm on. Uh, I was asked to come and speak at this meeting back in probably April or May, and uh, I asked if I could push it out. Number one, I had some uh, minor surgery done and wanted to get that over and done with. Uh, you know, it's minor now. When it was coming up, it was the grandest thing ever. Um, and also, right right at this time frame, as I've been in OA uh, for right out a year, I came into the doors in early August of last year. Um, I can't say I walked in the doors. I literally waddled in the doors. And uh, it saved my life. And I'm very, very grateful for it. It's the only thing that's worked for me. Um, you know, my very, my very first memory that I have, believe it or not, it's a food. And I think tied with that was, well, what the memory was is I was sitting on my grandmother's lap at a table, and I was dunking something into a cup of something. And and what I remember after that was my grandmother telling the story of, oh, Michael was in my lap today, and he he was doing this, and he loved it so much, and I got attention from it. And I love attention. Um, I also love food. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the two go, the two are going hand in hand with me. Um, so I think I, at that time, I'm, I'm sure I equated, you know, eating with attention. And I was always, I was always the fat kid. Um, you know, I look back at, at pictures of myself when I was a kid, and I remember thinking, you know, or, or thinking back to that time where. You know, in in my mind, I was, you know, the size I am a year ago, size I was a year ago. But I look at the pictures, and it's it's like, well, wait a second, I'm not that much bigger than the other kids, even though in my mind I was, you know, ten times their size. Um, It wasn't until later in life that I got to be ten times the size of everyone else. Um, The house I grew up in, we had... Well, there, there's there's kind of two segments. There's the, the the section, the time in my life when I lived with my mom and my father. Um, both of my mom and my father, and I love them dearly. Um, both both are addicts, and apparently, I thank God I don't remember this, but uh, or have blocked it out. But there, from what I understand, there was quite a bit of violence in the household when I when I was growing up, and. I'm, I'm sure I was witness to it. Um, my parents were divorced when I was uh, pretty young. And my mom remarried, and I grew up in a house from there where we had anything and everything that we could ever imagine that we thought we needed, except for what I thought I needed, which was uh, attention and you know outward affection and love. Now, I'm not saying that you know mom didn't love us, but uh, other things were more important. Um, at least that's the way I, I view it. So we were 
my sister and I, we were pretty much left, to, it seemed like we were left alone to raise ourselves. You know, it was, you know, the, the folks were working and, you know, you'd come home from school and, you know, latchkey kids and I had... Um, the cupboards to occupy my time. Actually, the cupboards, the refrigerator, the freezer, and the television set. And that is a damn near a deadly combination for me. And I, I found, uh, found so much comfort in, you know, in the cupboards. That's how I, that's how I nurtured myself. That's how I entertained myself. That's how I, that's how I did everything. I did everything with food. And I based everything around food. Um, as I said earlier, I was I was always the biggest kid in class. Um, I was always the biggest kid in the neighborhood. I always felt I always felt out of place. And this goes here up for the last you know 48 years, 48, 49 years, and I'm I'm just breaking out of this now. Is whatever I had wasn't good enough. That, that included me. I was never good enough. I was never smart enough. I was never handsome enough. I was never fill in the blank. Okay, if if I had it, it wasn't good enough. And whatever anyone else had was always better than what I had. And I chased some wild things trying to. Uh, um, I don't know, trying to qualify myself or I'm not sure the right word. Um, so, if, you know, I tell myself if I, you know, if I have, you know, if I have this girlfriend, I've got it made. And guess what happened when I got that girlfriend? It wasn't good enough. I needed something else. If I have this type of car, Guess what? If I have this job, if I have this, if I have that, and it was just never good enough, and I was, you know, chasing, chasing my tail is what I was doing, going around in this endless circle. And I've just started to break away from that. You know, kind of, uh, I've realized that that's uh, um, some depression. And actually, the, when I when I learned of that, I was watching the news one morning, and I don't know if you're all, if you're all familiar with Terry Bradshaw, the ex-quarterback. He's a real, real loud, real gregarious guy and real happy-go-lucky, or so it seems. And he started talking about, he was actually, he became a spokesperson for some some medicine, and he was describing his symptoms. And it was, you know, if I told myself, you know, if I could play football, I would have it all. So he played football. Well, if I can be quarterback, I can have it all. Well, if I can be the starting quarterback, well, if I can get a scholarship, well, if I can win the Super Bowl, well, if I can have the mansion... And it just he, he kept on chasing, chasing, and that that's when I learned about depression, which I've I've suffered with my entire life. Um, another thing I've uh, I've suffered with is anxiety, and if there is something, if I don't have anything to worry about, I worry about that, and my mind is always racing, or at least it was, and it has greatly reduced ever since I got rid of sugar in my diet. That has helped tremendously uh, with the anxiety and with the mind racing. The best way I can describe it is before I came in, it was all, all this chatter going on inside my, you know, just constant, constant chatter. And when I got rid of the 
the uh, the flour, the processed sugars and processed flour, uh, a lot of the chatter went away. Um, I've got a lot of yelling that goes on, but uh, you know I can deal with the yelling. It's that that old chatter that uh, was driving me crazy. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I chased everything. Um, food was always my number one. Um, looking back on it, food was always always my number one drug of choice. Um, there were other drugs of choice at the time, but food was always number one. Um, a lot of people, you know, I've heard people say, well, I, I did speed, so I would stop eating. Well, guess what? I did speed, and I kept eating. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, number number two for me was um, the the big one for me. It was it, it, funny story. Um, I was in the uh, program at Kaiser several years back for the gastric bypass surgery, which I'm very thankful I opted out of for myself. And I had to meet with a a psychologist, and she asked about uh, asked about drug use, and I said, "Well, yeah, I've, I've used drugs. I never had a." You know, never had a problem with any drugs. You know, problems when I couldn't get them. But um, <laughs> um, I said I've, I've never had a I've never had a problem with you know alcohol or, or drugs. She goes, okay. She goes, well, what have you used? And she put you know a lot of check marks on the paper, and, and she got down to marijuana. And she goes, well, use marijuana. I said, well, of course. Who hasn't? She goes, how long did you use it? And I said, well, it says start when I was fourteen. <laughs> And uh, stopped every day when I was probably around 30-something. And she said, okay, so you used it, you know, every day for 20 years, but you didn't have a problem with it. Well, that got me to thinking. So I got, got resentment on that one. But that's, that's another story. Um, no matter what I did, I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating. Um, I tried Jenny Craig numerous times. I tried Weight Watchers numerous times. I tried this diet. I tried that diet. Of course, I always thought I was the smartest one in the room, so I'd always come up with my own diets that were variations of all the others. And, you know, I'll do the, I'm only going to smoke weed diet, and that didn't work. Um, you know, I'm only going to, you know, eat proteins, and that didn't work. Um, like I said, they'd all, you know, a lot of them worked for a very short amount of time, but uh, I'd always, you know, I'd, I'd lose 20, I'd lose 30, I'd lose 50, you know, I'd gain 40, I'd gain 50, I'd gain 100. And it was, it was a vicious cycle. I mean, it was a vicious, vicious cycle. Um, I would blame every problem I had, every problem I had, I blamed on being fat. Um, that was, you know, if, you know, if I wasn't fat, I could be in the relationship that I wanted to. If I wasn't fat, I could get a better job. If I wasn't fat, I wouldn't spend all the money that I spend. Um, if I wasn't this, if I wasn't that, if I wasn't fat, I wouldn't be this, I wouldn't be fat. Um, now that I've got off some weight, I've still got all the same problems, but, um, thank God for this program. It doesn't, uh, doesn't affect me between the years as much as it as it used to. Um, you know, I look back at some of the things that, uh, in my mind, thoughts that I had that I thought would trigger me, or that I thought would trigger a quote-unquote normal person to take action. 
Um, I'm married. I have, I like to think I have the best wife in the entire world. And I realized that uh, I was going to leave her at a relatively young age. Wasn't enough to make me change my ways. Uh, better go through a drive-through to help with that. I've got two um, amazing kids that I like to strangle on occasions, but I've got two amazing kids, and I remember thinking, you know, that I'm going to leave these these kids, and I'm going to leave. You know, I'm probably going to die when my son is, you know, an early teenager. You know, when, of course, here's my ego talking, when he really needs me, really needs a father. Um, and that wasn't enough to get me to change. Um, I, you know, I, like I said, I blamed every every problem I had on it. Um, I remember going to the doctor one time. I remember the, I went to the doctor one time because my, um, the pain in my knees were so bad, and I figured, okay, I've I've torn something in my knee again. I'll just go in and get it, get a quick clean out, and I'll be fine for another couple of years. Kind of like the sewer drains. Um, so they 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 took their pictures and they ran their tests, and the doctors called me back in and said, well, Mike, there's a structurally, you know, there there's no, you know, there's no tears, there's no cracks, there's no breaks. Um, the pain you're feeling, and this is a pain that would wake me up in the middle of the night in bed. Um, so the pain you're feeling, you know, he pointed out the x-rays, he said, this dark area here is air. He says it's usually, it's usually white with cartilage, but you've just, you've worn your knees out. Mm. At the time, I was, you know, 40, 45 years old. And the doctor tells me, okay, your knees are shot, you know, your ankles, your necks, you know, your hips are going. Um, you're going to need replacement. You're going to need knee replacement. Um, you're not a candidate for it now because of your weight. Uh, so why don't you go downstairs and get uh, get a cane and come back up, and I'll show you how to walk with a cane. And I said, okay. And I went downstairs, but I didn't go get a cane. I think I went and drowned my sorrows and double somethings and, you know, a few extra larges. And, um, and I put up with the pain. I mean, the pain was the, uh, the pain was so bad that, I mean, I would circle parking lots, you know, looking for that closest parking space. Um, I use the pain as an excuse. Um, I use the pain as an excuse not to do things with my kids. You know, it's like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dad can't go walk on the beach. You know, just just because it hurts so much. No, it was it was the truth that it was my knees that hurt so much when I would walk in the sand or, or walk down the boardwalk or hell, walk a block, three houses. Okay, it would hurt when I walked out to the car. Um, so I wouldn't do it. Uh, the other reason is I was so depressed, I was so down in the dumps, I was so disgusted with myself that I didn't want to leave the house. You know, I didn't want to be seen in public. I, you know, because I, I knew I, and I know many of you here in this room are the same. We're gift with that, that, uh, that uh, mental capability of knowing what everybody's thinking. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 we're also we're also blessed to have that ability to to see into the future and know exactly what people are going to think and how they're going to react to anything we possibly say. So I would run, you know, multiple conversations with multiple people and, you know, go through multiple circumstances and cross every bridge before they even needed to be crossed, you know, and find out that I wasn't going to achieve world peace, so I'm not even going to leave the house today. 
and I feel, I feel terrible about that because I missed out a lot in my kids' lives. You know, I missed, I missed, I missed so much with them. I missed school events. I missed, you know, recitals. I missed vacations. Um, I missed a lot of time, and, and that's what I can't get back. I can't get back, get back the time with my kids. Um, I missed the last, um, I don't know, four or five years of my mom's life because I was uh, ashamed of myself, embarrassed uh, to go back and see her, even though I knew her health was failing. Um, I just didn't want anybody to see me. I didn't want to, you know, go back and, you know, travel cross-country. Because, you know, I knew what they were going to say. They were going to talk about me. And, you know, crazy thoughts. I remember I'd have thoughts going on you know about you know I can't die in this situation because people can talk about me after I'm dead. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, I did. Um, so you know, I, like I said, I, I missed out on a, I missed out on a lot of that. Um, things got things got way out of control. I mean, and, and this is this years of building up and building up and building up. And last year, about this time, it was, um, I knew I didn't have many, many months, many weeks, many years left. I knew that, uh, I, I knew that death was coming. You know, I knew I couldn't survive um, the way I was. Um, the anxiety was just, the best way I can describe it is I was stuck in the middle of a, of a tornado. Things seemed to be spinning like that. Um... You know, if I could, you know, if I could, and the way I came into OA was, you know, because of this depression and anxiety is, oh my God, I've got these financial problems and I need a new job, but I can't get a new job because I'm fat, but if I go and lose weight, maybe I can get a new job. So, uh, thank God, um, I was directed um, into OA. I'd never really known about OA. I mean, I'd, I'd heard some things, but never... I, I'd heard the two letters. That was it. You know, that's all I knew. Um, I also had in the back of my mind because uh, th- that I was an addict, that I had some addiction issues. Because I'm I'm very well educated thanks to my Panasonic television, um, <laughs> and love to watch programs about addicts. Mm. Kind of funny. It's kind of funny. And I would watch, you know, celebrities and addiction people and addicts, and I was starting to see some similarities in in the behaviors. Of course, I was nowhere near as bad as they were. You couldn't have that. And in all reality, I was a lot worse. I was at work one day, and just I couldn't, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't take any more. I had to do, I had to do something. And through the grace of God. In the internet, I found uh, OA, and I found a meeting, and it just so happened it was on a Monday, because you've got to start things on a Monday, you know, and it might have even been the first of August, and if it was in August, you know, first of August on a Monday, I was set, and I, like I said, I, I was even so desperate, I was willing to try to start something on a Tuesday or Wednesday if I had to, um, but I found uh, found a meeting that was close to, close to my office on a Monday, and... Uh, I went in. Well, actually, I called and called the number, and, and the gentleman called me back. And 
of course I'm special so I had to make sure that there are other special people there and and the gentleman I talked to was like yeah there yeah there there's men here Mike you, you can come on down <laughs> yeah, there, there there's women here too Mike you can come on down <laughs> Mike yes there there's fat there's fat people <laughs> skinny ones too yeah yeah healthy ones yes yeah, sick ones Mike come on down <laughs> and uh, so about thirty minutes on the phone and questioning him I finally <laughs> figured I'll I'll try <laughs> so I went down. And I remember pulling it. First, I found out it was at a church, and I wasn't particularly thrilled about that. I think it was more of a fear of being struck by lightning if I set uh, set foot in the, on the premise. And this, I, I came walking in, and I came walking across the parking lot, and I, this guy comes walking towards me with this big smile on his face, and I was thinking, Oh God, what does he want? And it's like, oh, I got the wrong place. I got the wrong place. It's not an oh, he's not even fat. Great. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, and he came on. It's like, oh, no, he's going to push religion on me. I don't want this. What have I done? I could go home and eat. And he said, buddy, he says, you've came to the right place. You found hope. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, again, who in the hell is this guy and what does he want? And he never left my side. You know, he walked into the meeting with me and he sat down next to me and uh, just kind of gave me the the lowdown of what was going to go down at the meeting and what to expect and, you know, when to sit, when to stand, when to kneel, when to bow, when to, you know. And I've talked to him almost every day since I've been in the program, every day for a year. And I found hope that day. So... What do I do? I go to meetings as much as I can, as many as I can. Uh, the first, about first eight months of the of the program, I was at a minimum of three meetings a week, and that was that rocked. Well, I need a lot more than five minutes, um, and that rocked. And lately, I haven't been doing three meetings a week, and I feel. I feel the problems with not going to the meetings all the time. I can feel myself getting away from kind of that center area of goodness that I was in before. Um, I, I follow the OA90 format. I'm abstinent from flour and sugar. I weigh and measure three meals a day. And for a person that has fought structure his entire life, Structures for everyone else. It's not for me. Everyone else needs by live, live by the rules or only suggested guidelines for me. Um, people that don't follow the rules piss me off. People that expect me to follow the rules piss me off. Um, having having a food plan that was given to me that says you follow this to a T. If you don't think there's something, if there's something on here or something not on here that you think you should have, you know, come up with, you know, 50 good reasons and call me. And it's worked. And, you know, this this program has worked for me. I've never been on anything as long as I have in this program. Um, The reason I touched about on the arthritis is I walked over here a couple blocks. I'm not in pain. Um, To the person that if I came to this meeting, was dropped off in front a year ago, I would have saw that flight of stairs and said, oh, I have to go up the stairs if I go down them. 
oh, they're going to judge me if I go in, so I'm going to go home. Um, in April of this this year, and that was quite a few pounds ago, I, com- I didn't compete. I participated in something called the Great Race from Saratoga to Los Gatos, California. And I finished it. I wasn't dead last, but I had it in my rearview mirror. And it was gaining on me. But thank God she was a lot older than I was. Handicapped, <laughs> so I beat her. Um, but you know something? I, I finished it, and I got a T-shirt. And I wasn't in pain. My knees weren't in pain. The bottoms of my feet, blisters, that's another story, but my knees weren't in pain. Um, I'm out riding my bike now with my son. He's 13 years old, and it's the first time I've ever ridden a bicycle with, with my son. And that was, you know, that was kind of an accidental thing. You know, it was I was going to go clean the garage. Well, not really. I was going to go clean a certain specific area of the garage. Um, because I need a 12-step program for garage. Um, so I figured, I'm going to move my bike. And I figured, well, I haven't been on this in a whole bunch of years. Let's see if I can. And I made it to the end of the driveway. <laughs> you know, it's not that, that long. Um, and I wasn't out of breath. I said, well, let me see if I can make it down to the house. And then I was at the end of the block, and then I was through the school, and then I was down the street, and then I was circling a buddy of mine's house, and then I was back around the block again. And I got back home, and I told my son, get your bike, put him in the back of the truck, we're going to the park. (laughs) And I think I wound up riding about 10 miles that day. And that's something we do all the time now, and it's really cool. Um, I'm out getting exercise, and I'm, I'm not in pain. I'm participating in life where before I would sit in front of the TV set, you know, and, and find reasons why I couldn't do things. Now I'm finding reasons to turn on, turn use a remote control to go off and get outside and do things. Um, the more humble I get, before I thought I was a very confident person, and I well, outwardly I try to project confidence, and it wasn't confidence; it was arrogance and fear on the inside. I tried to tell everybody I was someone else I wasn't. So the more humble I the more honest I am with people, the easier it is. The more humble I get about admitting that I'm not the smartest person in the room, and I am probably as dumb as a well, no, I'm not probably. I am dumb as a fence post. And the more humble I get about that, the more confidence I get. It's amazing. I've got a much better relationship with God. Um, you know, I usually call him by his last name, use his first and last name together, and I don't do that anymore. I'm talking to God. I'm having prayers answered. Um, I don't have pictures to share, but I dug these out of the closet today. These are my favorite <coughs> pants that I was wearing a year ago. The reason they're my favorite pants, they were my only pants that I had. And I'm surprised they're still around because they were washed every day. So I'd stand up on the chair, but I'd kill myself. Um, this was 11 months ago. If there's anyone here that thinks that they can't do it, you're wrong. Because if I can do it, absolutely anybody can do it. I came into this program about a year ago. My first day of abstinence was August 26th. My next starting date of abstinence was October 26th. Um, But I've been absent from flour and sugar the entire time. I came in. um, My starting weight was 550 pounds. 
Actually, it was, it was, well, it's funny. I say 550 now. Before, I say, well, I came in at 549.8. Because God knows I didn't want anybody thinking I had a problem with food. Weight issue, God forbid. Um, And when I hit the scales on August 1st, I was at 365 pounds for a weight release of 185 pounds in 11 months. Thank you. You know something like you know everybody comes in here for the weight loss, you know to start, and it's it's huge, it's huge. But I would not trade my confidence. I would not, you know. I mean, I would I would trade some weight back for to keep the confidence I have. Um, uh, I wouldn't, you know, what I'm getting with my family. I wouldn't I wouldn't give up. You know, there's it's. I've got a lot of work to do up here. You know, this is the scariest place on the face of this earth. You know, it's a place in between my ears. Um, I want to close, finally. <laughs> um, some of the things I've experienced, and it's it, it's amazing. Um, I sat in a booth in a restaurant. That was wild. It's like, do you think I can fit? And my wife's like, yeah, of course you can fit. It's like, I can't fit. Go try it. I have room. Mm-hmm. You know, my, you know, you know, you know. I mean, there's actually room between my stomach, you know, and the, and the table. It was cool. And now it's like every time I go someplace, can I sit in a booth? Yeah. <laughs> go check it out. Um, something else that's really cool is I can drive my wife's car, and. You know, it's it's the it's the little things. My car of choice for many many years, you know, is a Ford four wheel drive four door pickup truck. You know, and you know, I I, I say it. Go well. I need to I need to haul things. Yeah, what my laptop. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, I need to tow things. What? Um, the reason I have that is because it was the only vehicle that was big enough for me to fit behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. And at 10 miles to the gallon right now, believe me, I am so happy I can drive my wife's escape. You know, a four-cylinder escape, yes. And I remember I was excited when I could fit behind the wheel. And it was it was snug, but now there, there's room. You know, I mean, I can get in the car, I put the seat all the way back, but I don't have to recline the seat as well. I put the seat belt on and I can still go, huh, cool. <laughs> That's cool, neat. Um, I was at a baseball game last night, and I sat in the bleachers. And uh, I was walking down the bleachers, and someone wouldn't get up to let me by. I thought, what is your problem? And they wouldn't get up. I just <clears throat> said, all right, well, you know something? I'm going to drag across you. <laughs> oh, huh, I don't. Cool. You know? And that was that was pretty wild. So... Thank you all very, very much. I'm going to shut up now. Um, you want something to talk about? How about what people have experienced from the promises of the program and the recovery, they've, the miracles that they've been experiencing? Thank you all very, very much.